Hello, everybody. We are Joel and Nico from Blind Channel. And we're hanging out with Rob from Front Low Live. All right. What's up, Blind Channel? I am super excited to finally be talking to you guys. I have to admit, uh, this new record, which is your fourth album, is the first introduction of the band for me. And I am super hooked on the band. Uh, this record is a masterpiece. So I really want to dive in and talk about that creative process for this album. And did you really know you were writing this album? Like, what was that initial writing process? And, you know, what song kind of kickstarted it for you guys? Thank you so much. That it's nice, always nice to hear when people people like the album. We like it too. Like the first thing that happened with that album was when the actually we just released our third album, Violent Pop, and then the kids, and then we just got frustrated and wrote a new song called Dark Side, which was the kickstart for us. We got a new member in the band, Alexi joined two years ago. And Darkside was the start, and usually we we've, we've been working with different producers, but now we decided that let's do this all on our own. So we did the songwriting, the production, everything as a band because we had a fresh pair of ears. Alex was in the studio with us, and Darkside kind of started it it all. And then like we decided that we should do the rest of the album the same way, just us as a band. Let's make one hundred percent like pure blind channel album when you guys first got together to start working on dark side um and you started doing this uh self-producing this record did you feel like it was a natural process of self-producing or did you feel like you still had to kind of learn how to be how to separate yourself from being an artist and then also being the producer i think it was pretty natural to build the dark side we had a um, so clear vision what it's going to be we're going to have a big pop hooks in a metal song and we wanted to we wanted to bring something new as well so that's that's why it was super good to have alex in the band for the whole production and songwriting uh, thing with, with dark side and, and i think that uh, same thing we we copied that to the other songs as well we wrote them together as a band and we produced the whole thing together for sure we had dan lancaster doing the mixing and ted jensen doing the mastering so we had really big names behind behind us and um, doing the final work for the songs but to be honest we were super um like we were proud what we did together and um and um i, I guess the ending result speaks itself so we don't have to like think that it could have it been better or not but it, it, it is what it is and um it, it's at least it's honest we Us. got this con confidence boost with dark side because it became yeah. a huge hit then we were more confident than ever and we didn't really care like love it or hate it or whatever this is blind channel this is what we want to sound like in 2022 due to the fact that during the time of the recording and the writing process of this album, there was no performance. There was no tours. There was no shows. So how did you keep that live aspect still very, very uh, in the foreground of the music? We were one of the lucky ones actually here in Finland that we actually got to play some shows. Not not too much, but some shows were still happening because we kind of blew up during the and then we got extremely lucky that we got to like there were these waves in Finland like the rest of the world as well the waves of the so every time the wave would calm down the, our shows were there so we actually got to play some shows which was which was super cool but also like we be we were pretty busy like we were always writing songs and luckily we started writing the songs in the beginning of at actually at the end of 2020 like 2020 we started yeah. writing Dark Side and the first songs, we had a lot of songs ready. And what makes the album special is that 
many of the songs were written when we were still this like a scene band from Finland. Not not a lot of people knew what was Blind Channel, and the last songs were written when we were already like the biggest, one of the biggest bands in Finland. And then we kind of got the pick from those songs. Like we want to include both of these songs to the album so people can really hear like what, where are we are coming from. When you have uh, such a big blow up like the band did uh, during that time, how does that impact the writing process? Because now you have new audiences, new music lovers listening to you and I'm sure they're giving you their input. So how do you stay true to yourself instead of listening to everybody else's, you know, I want this, I want to hear that. I think it has to do something that we've been around for almost 10 years that um we we know what we're doing we know what is blind channel we don't have to we don't have to train him anymore like how to write songs how to be a band how to be in the public eye and everything so we kind of knew that already but for sure when you got that overnight success like the song uh, all the streams go like this and all suddenly you have 140 something thousand followers on instagram and all the newspapers and tiktok is full of your stuff so it kind of it kind of blows your mind but we were i think it, it, it was a good thing thing that we had that eight years training period with the band that we we were kind of ready for this all and um I, I i don't see that it was affecting the writing for sure the lyrics were telling the story of a small band becoming a huge international rock band so yeah, I think it was only a good thing that that we had to go through that shit and and also good things with the with the fame. How did you guys go about the writing process of this journey that you give us with this new record? Um, was this something that basically re- like you came into it knowing what you were writing, or was this something that revealed itself as you were writing more and more material for this album? It definitely revealed itself. Like the the last couple of years have been a roller coaster ride for us. A lot of different emotions, and we deal with these emotions the same way we've always done, like writing writing songs about them. That really we got very personal with this record. Like we everything that's in there uh, is based on true events, and we're basically writing about everything that we're going through. And we continued writing for, through this roller coaster ride from this small local band to this big band that tours Europe and the US. So yeah, that's why there's a lot of different different emotions on that album. The fact that you guys are opening up more, you're being more personal, more vulnerable. How does that affect or impact uh, your vocal tones that you do during the during the singing of these songs? I think we've been we've been singing this way since we were teenagers when we started this band. We were just evolving as singers. We are our voices are more powerful. We know how to use it. We we. We're not breaking the voice anymore uh, during the tour. Like we know what we're doing better, and that's that's a good thing. But um, there's also this, like, sorry, like yeah. I have to say this weird, like this magical stuff that that has that doesn't have anything to do with vocal technique or anything, but this X factor kind of thing that. Like if we were singing that paparazzi is in the avenues, if we sung sing that line like yeah. four years ago it wouldn't have the same ring on it because it wasn't true back then. But now when these things are actually happening, there's something like when it's actually happening, there's some magic like in, in when, you, when you're telling, telling things that you've actually experienced, it adds something to something. I just call it magic because I don't know what it is. Maybe it's experience or something like that. But that was like, I, I'm sorry, I just had to say because it it's, it's, it's even creepy. It's a cool point. But yeah, technically, just what y'all said, that we've been 
we've been singing like this since the beginning, but maybe the topics have changed a bit. And now we can sing about more things because we've experienced more things. Do you guys feel that now the writing process is a lot easier because of those experiences? Or do you feel like it's harder because there's so many different experiences and emotions that you guys can write about now? I think in the future, uh, like after this album, we we kind of want to make something that is in the line. Like we want to have the exact emotion we're going to write. We don't want to like go there and there and there and mess up with everything because we are now we're kind of used to this thing that what is happening. Like we are famous. We we saw we we have sold out shows everywhere around Europe and um. We're kind of like uh, we're dealing with this right now, and and the dealing is the album. But we don't have to deal it anymore with the next album because we already know what it is. So I think it's we are more clear with what what we're gonna write in the future. And we always write about the same stuff. Like we write about things that piss us off, like yeah. <laughs> things that make us angry, like the the topics that make us angry. They've changed, but it's this music still has a sense of therapy for us. Like we because we're always getting mad at something. And then we just let's make a song out of it. And like the the newest album is definitely like there's a lot of mood swings going on. Like at one song, you're the king of the world. You're the Balboa always coming back. And at one point, you're the bad idea. You're like the worst person ever. So there's a lot of mood swings. But that's been happening like during the past couple of years. We've had a lot of mood swings. Now, as far as production goes, was Alexi the main producer for the for for this album, or was this entirely like the full band? Everyone was putting their input during the during the producing process. Alexi think- was definitely the one like sitting on the computer. Like he's he's that guy usually in the studio. He's the one who sits at the computer. But I'd say that we all like we all did the production job as well. Yeah, we had a lot of ideas and um, like. For example, when we are recording drums, we have this one guy also like doing the recording and giving tips for how the how the snare could sound and all that stuff. But I think it's a it's a really good mixture of uh, different kind of guys with different backgrounds as musicians, and all suddenly there's something really fresh and new. What we call violent pop, like the genre we have, and um, yeah, like Nico said, Alex was the one behind a lot, you no know, Pro Tools and. There was yeah. so many brains also. Yeah. You guys mentioned uh, Dark Side basically started once Violent Pop was out. Um, do you feel like there's a big evolution from Violent Pop to this new album? Um, and if so, what was it? Maybe the fact yeah. that we got a, got a new member. Alexi joined the band. Like He was fr- some fresh blood in the band. And maybe as well as the fact that we, when so many changes happened after Dark Side, I think... Like something clicked in our heads as well. Like we became more confident as songwriters, as performers, as everything. Going back to vocals, what did you feel the two of you did differently this time around with your own vocal tones? Did you find yourselves doing new vocal ranges or kind of learning to sing new vocal ranges during the process of this album? I think Balboa, for example, was something new for me because I was like, Every time back in like the three first albums, I was singing super high and super powerful vocal chorus. But with, with Balboa and, and Bad Idea, I found this really soft and low vocal tone that was working really well. So, yeah, there was some, some evolving, but but I think we are still the same band doing the same thing. We're the angry young man shouting about the things that pisses us off. And um, yeah, we just yeah. evolved. 
Yeah, and I think like one of the new things was like, for example, that Joel doesn't always have to be like screaming his lungs out. He can also like sing a bit lower. And then maybe like I've always been the chameleon guy. Like I, I'm screaming or rapping or singing these pop hooks. So I guess we kind of I found my own sound during this album. Like the it it started with Dark Side, the every cycle in the scene, hands up and follow me thing. Like that's not screaming, that's not rapping, that's something in between. And that's something like that we all realized that we should do more of that because that's it sounds pretty unique. So maybe that was also a important thing we learned, like or I learned about my voice during this album, making this album. Nico, how do you change your your vocal tones, techniques, or ways like melodies throughout every song? Uh, just because you do go from singing to being melodic to being to being a rapper, like that transition process during that song, like uh, is it just a natural progression for you, or is that something that you still find yourself trying to figure out how to do it and execute it um, in a way that doesn't feel like you're trying? It doesn't feel like trying anymore. It did feel like trying for a long time. But I think I've, I've just done a lot of it. Like we played so many shows and like since the beginning, like I said, I was the chameleon guy. Like I thought that because Joel has this really recognizable own sound. I didn't have that when we started. So I just kind of thought that I need to be like my voice needs to be able to do whatever blind channel needs. Is it screaming, rapping, that stuff? So I started learning and it felt like trying for a long time. But nowadays it's, it comes really naturally. Like I, I'm starting to know what I'm doing. Now, as far as like these 11 tracks on the record, uh, what would you say was the biggest challenge uh, to either write, finalize or record and why? Really soft question. Um, maybe the final track, Thank You For The Pain, we had to find the perfect way how to end the album because we wanted it to be super emotional. And we ended up using the sample of our first interview back in 2014. We are speaking Finnish uh, in, in uh, I think it was in our hometown and it was just small interview we did and we wanted to sample the interview to the outro. And I think it turned out to be really emotional for a lot of fans because they don't, many fans, they don't understand what we're saying in that, but they know that they know the story. So it was really emotional. And um, I think that was the, one of the hardest parts to find. What is the perfect outro for the album? Yeah, bad idea was also like a bit yeah, difficult because yeah. we needed to find like the the perfect like combination of our like more metal stuff and the pop stuff. We didn't want it. We didn't want it to be too pop song, but also we didn't want to ruin it by turning it to very metal song so we did a lot of different version mostly a lot of different versions mostly with the instruments that like do we use real drums or electronic drums which is gonna keep guitar tune we're tuning we're gonna do all that stuff so we made a lots of different versions i think they're actually released those versions like there's a different one on spotify and different one on the album because we really couldn't choose like what the we do with this song so there are a lot of different versions around what would you say the album title came? Uh, was it during the writing process or was it once you guys finalized? Because uh, I really love the title, Lifestyles of the Sick and Dangerous. It was also like very in the beginning, like when we made Dark Side and Dark Side was missing one line in the pre-chorus part. And then like I was just going scrolling through whatever I had on my phone and there was the Lifestyles of the Sick and Dangerous, which, which was like a 
it started as a joke because good charlotte has the lifestyles of the rich and famous and we weren't famous and we definitely weren't rich at that time so that was just a joke and i told it to the guys and the guys said that it's awesome so we used it as a pre-chorus and then we liked it so much that we just said that guys maybe we should call the next album the lifestyles of the sick and dangerous so we did we only had one song dark side ready and we already knew that this is gonna be the title of the next album once you came up with that title idea, would you say that that helped you kind of evolve the rest of the track listing? Well, um, to be honest, I think uh, the title Lifestyles of the Sick and Dangerous, it is actually what we are living right now. Because when you when you tour all the time, you travel, you live in the airports or in the tour bus, you, you eat and drink shitty uh, you sleep shitty and um it's like it's definitely yeah. not the lifestyles of the fresh and hydrated that's not the yeah, thing yeah <laughs> so it, it was easy to kind of uh put the songs together and see the line opinions don't fix me dark side all those like titles went well with the with the whole album title so yeah, it was pretty natural to call it lifestyles of the sick and dangerous what would you guys say was like uh, one of the proudest or fondest moments that you had during the recording process of this album? Mm. There were a lot of cool things. Like what was really special for me, at least, was that we've always had this number one track that we want to we want to shock people. We want to surprise people that when they turn on the album, they're not getting what they're maybe expecting. And with the three first albums, we did it in a way that it was just like very metal stuff and like kick, yeah. kick ass stuff and but we had done it already three times so now we needed to figure out something new and we did this like trap beat thing and i'm a huge fan of trap music and i felt like i got to be travis scott for a moment so <laughs> so i was really hyped about the opinion song that started the album and it's it's still one of my favorites only because we get to play with auto tune and trap beats and all crazy stuff and that was surprising because everybody was expecting like a metal opening song and it was it was nothing like it Hmm. Uh, I was just thinking about that when we when we wrote Balboa. It was uh, I think it, it took only two hours to write the song. We yeah. I had the idea uh, of the riff, and then Nico came to the studio. We were together for two hours there, and all suddenly in two hours we got the chorus, we got the riff, we got the verse. So we got the first demo of the song, and there was all the like parts you can recognize the song in like the hook in the chorus and also the riff and, and and some of the lyrics so that was magical that was something really magical in the in the air when we wrote that first idea of Bobo and um it felt really powerful lastly um you know this album is out you guys have been as you mentioned have been doing shows you just finished not fest uh over the weekend how do these songs uh how are these songs live like uh, do you feel like the 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 storyline or, or the impact that they have when we listen to the album has changed now that you actually get to perform them live, especially at, a, at an event like NotFest? Well, we're definitely a live band and it's been really exciting to finally, like we had the album ready like a long time ago. So we've, we've had the songs in our hands, but now they're out in the world and now the fans can sing them with us. And of course they feel better. I think they feel even better live, the songs, because we get to like, they, they bang better and they're violent. There's this kind of punkish vibe in our performance. It's very crazy, very intense. So I think 
Yeah, it's always powerful to play like Glory for the Greedy, Alive or Only Burning. Those yeah. are the newest songs in the set and they're, they are very heavy songs. So they really fit fits these big festivals like Wacken or Not Fest that, that just, just happened. So I think the audience either loves them on, or then they're like the pure metalheads that don't like them that much. And those are the motherfuckers need to prove wrong and we love proving people wrong. So yeah, really, it's, it, it's really been great to play those songs live. What about for you, Joel? Anything different? I think Glory for the Greedy hits different. It's because the story is so important that um, we were kind of like, a, uh, there were so many people saying no to us in Finland. They, all the labels, all the big medias were like, you, you're not going to be like, a, you're not going to be the biggest band for Finland and you're not going to make it. And all suddenly when things started to happen really fast, we wanted to make a song about those greedy assholes that, say no to us so it's really emotional to scream the final glory for the creative line when when we're playing live and i'm on my knees on the front of the stage just screaming so loud it it just hits different for me it really sounds like the wrong ears were listening to the band for the first eight years and i'm glad that now the right people are there listening paying attention yeah. and and absolutely promoting it absolutely we're glad too <laughs> well guys congratulations with the fourth album uh lifestyle of the sick and dangerous and i'm super excited for, uh to catch you guys when you guys are back in la i'm bummed that i missed you guys on this last run but uh i am definitely here to like i can't wait to catch a live show so thanks guys for taking the time to do this thank you thank very you much so see you around see you around absolutely hey it's rob again if you enjoyed this interview please follow for more and i invite you to head over to my youtube channel front row live ent where i have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists once again thank you for tuning in and have a great night